It's the Atop the Pitbox podcast with your hosts, Zach and Josh. Good evening, fantasy NASCAR race fans. Welcome to the Atop the Pitbox podcast presented by ParadiseExecutiveProperties.com. On this episode, we are going to talk about all things Kansas and look ahead to this weekend's Saturday night race at the Bristol Motor Speedway. Josh, how you doing, buddy? We made it. Bristol week is here. How you doing? Can't wait for it. Uh, doing good, man. Excited for this weekend. I hope it lives up to the hype. Yeah, me too. It's gonna be. It's gonna be fun. I think, regardless of what the the outcome is, I think it, it's going to be an exciting trip, and I'm very happy that we've made it. The countdown is is down to uh, three sleeps, as we were talking about. So, <laughs> as, a, we, as I have to, to tell my kids, it's that we got three more sleeps. So, three more. <laughs> we're almost there. Almost there. Just wanted to say thank you to everybody for listening to the podcast. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in each week. If you would be so kind to leave a five-star review, that would be very helpful. We have the party, year-end party at the West Side in Harlan, Iowa on November 6th. We will have t-shirts for sale there, and we will be giving away some shirts and some other prizes there. So plan to join us there on November 6th. And we're in the playoffs, but it's never too soon to start looking towards next year. So if you know some people friends, family, anybody that you think would be happy to join the league, please send them over to atopthepitbox.com. Get them registered. That way, when the new league starts, we can include those uh, entries on our our email. So uh, thank you to everybody for tuning in and and your help growing the league. We appreciate you. And we're going to turn our attention to free agency, which we have a major uh, multi-episode storyline that has come to a close. Yeah, you, you are spot on with that. We've been talking about this for weeks, months, the anticipation as we a... made a prediction last week. Yeah, and and I don't know, I don't think we got it right. I don't we did we, not. I don't think we mentioned this, uh, this owner, but Kyle Busch held an announcement today at the NASCAR Hall of Fame and announced that he has signed a multi-year contract to race for Richard Childress Racing. So the anticipation is now over. We now know where Kyle Busch is going. Richard Childress said that uh, he's got some sponsors locked up but he is still in talks with some others, so he was not ready to announce that. So we will uh, wait and see who the sponsors are going to be for Kyle Busch, but he did say that he will be taking the number eight car, and Tyler Reddick will be moving out of the eight car uh, into a third entry for Richard Childress Racing next year. And he did say that he will have a charter for him, whether he buys it or lease it. He will be at least guaranteed a starting spot in the field for next year in regards to Tyler Reddick. What are your uh, What are your thoughts there with him going to RCR, going to Chevy instead of Toyota? It's a It's a pretty earth shattering uh, announcement in the in the NASCAR world today. Yeah, it's a 
we didn't we didn't see this one coming. Um, we had talked about it as a possibility with uh, Richard Childress being you know a, a landing spot. weren't sure with the past relationships. I don't know if you saw the the tweets with when he introduced him. He he gave him a watch, which I thought was was pretty a, a nice touch, kind of bury the hatchet there. And I do have a question on the on the, the eight car. So it is kind of weird that Tyler Reddick is going to stick with the team, but be in a different number car next year. But as it pertains to the sponsorship, if do the sponsors sponsor a car and a number, or do they sponsor a driver? So it's a mix. It's a mix of that. It just depends on, you know, what, what the owners agreed to. Uh, and, and what the sponsors basically want in their contracts. Uh, so you've got a mix of both. I'm assuming that uh, with Tyler Reddick, I don't, I don't know how many sponsors he specifically brought to the team, but you've got to assume that the sponsors or, or some of them that he has today for the eight car will transfer over into that third entry next year. Now, with that being said, Bubba Wallace, when he when he announced he was going to twenty three eleven racing here, you know, two three years ago, uh, he had specific contracts with companies for him as a driver, no matter where he went. And I can't remember what those are called. I think they might be called like service contracts or or something to that nature, but. Uh, so you have a mix of both, but uh, I'm very curious to see what sponsors are going to sponsor Kyle Busch next year and beyond. So is it possible that some of Tyler Reddick's sponsors on the eight will, will carry over then? to So they wouldn't have as much sponsorship dollars to try to, to come up with for, for Kyle Busch. But then how do they, where do the sponsors go for the new car? Yeah, it, that's why I really want to know who these sponsors are. I, I'm guessing there might be a mix. You know, I just off the top of my head, Tyler Reddick, he's had MGM Grand. Uh, you know, they're making a push in the mobile betting sites. Uh, they're a sponsor for Richard Childress. Uh, I think the other one might be like Lenovo, whatever that is. Uh, and then he had a uh, CBD company, the first one in NASCAR. So, uh I'm curious to see if they stay with the number eight car or if they move to the third entry at RCR and, and basically a brand new group of sponsors now is with Kyle Busch. So we'll know more of that once they announce it. But again, some of these sponsors stay with the car and some of these sponsors stay with the driver. So it's just a matter of what those relationships all entail. So do you think that Tyler Reddick really races for RCR next year or is there is this a temporary solution until a deal can be worked out with 2311 so that he can race over there next year? Like why would they wait a year? Well, he so he's under contract with Richard Childress for next year and I think Richard Childress is playing some pretty big hardball right now. I think he was pretty mad that Reddick kind of went behind his back and signed this new contract with with 2311. So with that being said, at the, at the press conference today, they asked if he had a charter for next year, and he said yes. He wouldn't give specifics on where that charter was coming from. So to me, 
it seems like they really are going to race a third car next year, and he's going to force Reddick to be a lame duck driver next year. Uh, money talks, though. We'll see if Denny Hamlin and MJ open their checkbook. And I, and I think a lot of this depends on Kurt Busch. If, if Kurt Busch, for whatever reason, health, you know, health reason-wise, decides to hang him up and say, I'm done, I- I'm retiring, well, now that leaves a giant seat to fill for 2311, and I think they get pretty desperate and probably try to work something out with RCR uh, to fill that seat. So I think it's kind of twofold here, and, and a lot of this depends on on the situation with 2311 racing and Kurt Busch. You mentioned that they were setting Tyler Reddick up to be a lame duck driver. Are you implying that they would not give him all the tools to go out and win a race? and they're going to basically kill him for a season? So, based on a lot of drivers being in this situation in the past, what they have come out and said is these drivers aren't allowed in in some of these competition-style meetings where they go through, you know, changes they've made to the car, new things they've found, to try to generate speed. What that means is Tyler Reddick, yes, they're going to try to put the best car on the track for him. No one's going to just say, hey, here's a car, go out there, finish 25th, and and let's just get through this year. They're not going to do that. They're going to try to give him the best car possible, but I think they're going to keep a lot of the new things that Kyle Busch brings to the team in regards to you know changes to the cars, uh, a lot of the sim stuff. I think they're going to keep that, you know, from Tyler Reddick, which yeah, definitely puts him at a disadvantage. So it's it's going to be interesting to see if he can keep this momentum up uh, next year. You know, he's got two wins this year. Uh, we'll we'll see how competitive that third car is, but there is definitely uh, meetings that he won't be a part of, and he won't know exactly what what kind of technology and things like that are being being employed to these cars, which. It happens all the time in NASCAR, and it's just an unfortunate situation when you're under, you know, a, a one-year contract. That is something for everybody to think about for next year, as we we don't know what what the points will be for the drivers, but you know, Tyler Reddick got to think about that when you're making your picks for your teams next year. So let's yeah, take a, a look point. at let's take a look at Kansas and kind of a an interesting race. It kind of pretty entertaining, but but boring at the same time. Kind of what we expected. What did uh, what you think? I, I thought the race was decent. Uh, we we knew that there were there weren't going to be many cautions. Passing was going to be hard, and that's pretty much how it played out. There were more cautions than I thought there would be, but the high line was the dominant line. You really couldn't pass, so that's why on these on the restarts. I mean, these drivers were just making some crazy moves. You know, they were going three four wide. It was nuts. trying to trying to get as many spots as they could because once things settled down, the the real only way to pass these guys were, were on the high side. So you know, as as you watch the race play out, and, and you saw Denny Hamlin trying to chase you know Bubba down at the end, Denny just he couldn't get there. He pretty much stalled, and it's because Bubba was running the high line, Denny was running the high line, and there was just no way he was going to get around him, unfortunately. But from an overall standpoint, I thought it was a decently entertaining race. Like I said, the restarts were pretty wild. The last 10, 15 laps were entertaining because you just didn't know if 
if Denny Hamlin on new newer tires than what Bubba had was going to be able to catch him. And then if he got to him, was he going to, you know, do the old bump and run to a car that he owns or is he going to race him clean? Well, and, and so I was thinking, you know, it's an interesting dilemma for him to be in as an, as the team owner in second place, he's in the playoffs, but was not, but it could be said that Bubba needed this win more than he needed it for the playoffs. I'm going to take this opportunity to eat my words. Uh, I've shit on Bubba Wallace this entire season and I have not given him credit. We kind of discredit everything that he, he did well, but he raced it. He, he won this one fair and square. He had the fastest car. He passed it under green. He held off Denny Hamlin. It's a win. So I, I he, he kind of gets that monkey off his back, and it was it was a good, clean win for Bubba Wallace. So I, I tip my cap to him, and uh, I recognize that I am an idiot, and uh, I know nothing about NASCAR. Yeah, what's it what's it feel like to eat some crow? <laughs> it, you know what it I always do like a good story of somebody that you know can can uh, beat the odds but I I didn't see it coming and again just another reason why I'm the the show's idiot here so <laughs> well I didn't I mean I knew Toyotas were gonna be fast at at Kansas I didn't anticipate Bo Wallace being in the mix but uh, it, as you recall from the spring race, the number 45 car won the spring race <laughs> with Kurt Busch. That was Kurt Busch's win that got him you know, into the playoffs. And now they're throwing Bubba into the car because they want the number 45 car to compete for the owner's championship. Uh, I'm assuming which is that's a, a money prize, a, a pretty significant exactly. money prize. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yep, more money for, for the higher they finish. So. He, 45 car is higher than the 23. So they're like, yes, Bubba, let's just try to win some, some money for the team. Um, but it's, it's the same car and, and same number, same everything that won in the spring race. So whatever they've done, they've got Kansas figured out with, with the number 45 car. But as you pointed out, it was, it was fun to see Bubba get a, what I would consider a real authentic win, not a rain short win. Um, I, I've, I've always thought he's ha- he had talent, but he, he just was in some really bad situations from from a car standpoint. You know, Roush Fenway was kind of, which is now Roush or Roush Fenway Keselowski racing. But when he raced for them in the Xfinity series, I mean, I can, I think he won once or twice. I could be wrong, but he he was decent there but once he got to the cup series he he just hasn't been with a with a top tier team you know he raced for Richard Petty uh, and, and just didn't really have that many good results so once he's gone to 2311 these these last 5 to 8 weeks he has really flipped a switch and is and is consistently being in the top 5 to top 10 so uh, we'll see if he keeps that up the rest of the year but he might be another good driver to pick next year in fantasy based on on how he ends this year on a high note. The other thing we talked about last week on the podcast was left rear tire issues that Kansas had specifically in turn two of, of last, uh, the spring race. We had tire issues again, this time it was the right rear tires and it was, it impacted some, some pretty significant drivers. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. You know, we had, we hadn't talked about tire issues here for a yeah. while, but you pointed it out in last week's podcast, so props to you. You know, I forgot that Kansas had those 
some serious tire issues in the spring and it, it basically just flipped. They brought a new tire there. They knew they were trying to solve the problem. And even Steve Letard on the, on the broadcast said, I did not expect there to be any tire issues with this being the second race this year, a new tire compound. But as you pointed out, there were a couple key right rear tire issues with uh, Stenhouse was in second place, blew a right rear tire. Tyler Reddick, he was in second or third place, blew a right leading, rear tire. He? I think Reddick was leading the race. Oh, he, he was? Okay. Okay. And so he so. was leading. I knew he was toward the front. Yeah, blew a tire, hit the wall, and 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 that basically kind of ended his day. So it's unfortunate these tire issues are popping up again during the playoffs and at the absolute worst times for these guys. I I want to go back. You you mentioned Steve. Was it Steve Latart? Is that how you say his yep. name? Yeah. So compare him to to the the one that's on Fox. What's his name? McReynolds. Is that the is that the Larry guy? McReynolds? Larry yeah. McReynolds. So. Do you have a? Is there one that you prefer that do you like one over the other? So, McReynolds is an old school crew chief. He, he crew chief for Dale Earnhardt Sr. back in the day. He's been in the sport a very long time, so he knows what he's talking about. But Steve Letarte was kind of, I, I wouldn't say outlier, but he brought a lot of different thinking to these teams. I mean, he was a crew chief for Jeff Gordon. He was a crew chief for Dale Jr. The guy's got a lot of wins under his belt. And he did some things in regards to pitch strategy that you just hadn't seen in the past. So he's what you call kind of a young mind or new mind here in NASCAR. But I prefer Latart. Uh, I think he's very knowledgeable, especially with this new car. Uh, I love when he shows the cutaway and kind of explains, you know, what the new is, or what the problem is or what he anticipates the problem to be. So I appreciate his younger voice in NASCAR, but Mick Reynolds will still uh, go down as one of the better crew chiefs ever in NASCAR history. I was, I always liked Larry McReynolds a little bit more. I, I just, I guess I never really paid attention to Steve Letarte that much, but this year for whatever reason, I really enjoy listening to him explain the strategies of the teams and what's going on in the race. I think he does a really good job. And, and I, so I, I really do enjoy it. For me, it's flipped. I, I would prefer to listen to him versus uh, Larry McReynolds, but obviously they're both good, but I mm-hmm. just something I noticed this last race. I was like, man, I just really, his insight and the, the stuff that he says really uh, is, is, adds a lot to the race for me as a, as a newer NASCAR fan and, and somebody that doesn't fully understand everything that's going on. He, he really breaks it down in a, in a really good way. Yeah. And then like the pit strategy, when it comes to pit strategy, they always ask him what he would do. And, and it's fun listening to what he would do from his perspective. And, and, you know, half the time I was like, okay, that makes, that makes sense. I, I get that. I probably would do the same thing. And then half the other half, he, he's saying something. I'm like, that's the craziest thing ever. But <laughs> I mean, that's that's what won him so many races. So you can't yeah. really doubt the guy. Yeah. So so sorry to get off topic. I just I you mentioned his name, and I've been wanting to bring him up on the podcast. But but yeah. So I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts there. So so we talked about the the issues that we had, the playoff drivers with issues. So Christopher Bell wins stage one. And he is locked in to the next round of the playoffs. So the only driver 
after two races to be locked in is Christopher Bell on points. Just it's just gonna ramp up <laughs> ramp crazy. up the level of aggressiveness this weekend, Saturday night at Bristol. It is going to be a race. Uh hopefully for the ages. I, I can't wait to get there and see it in person. It's gonna be it's it's gonna be nuts. Uh stage two, Alex Bowman makes a an appearance here, and he actually led the most laps. 107 laps uh, led on the day for Alex Bowman. Pretty good, pretty good showing for for the 48 car. Yeah, he he ran a really consistent race. He, he never was really, you know, a, a true threat to win it. I mean, he was up there in second, third place, whatever he was doing. But uh, just a really, really strong, sound day for that team, and exactly what he needed to kind of get some points built up before going to Bristol. And then we talked about Bubba, obviously the winner, and much deserved. And that's 18 new winners. And 18 winners without in the first Truex 20... and Blaney winning. Yeah, that's, and that, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> but so 18 crazy. winners in the first 28 races is the most in NASCAR history and the most wins since I believe the stat was 2011 or 2014, they had 18 winners in total for the entire season. So we have eight races left in the season. We we are knocking on the door to break some records here before the end of the year. I mean, it's it's not it's not inconceivable to think that we could get to 21 wins if Truex and Blaney each win a race, and then Talladega is a crap shoot. You could see somebody come out of the weeds and, and, and win that race. So I, I'm not going to put anything past this season. I thought, you know, we, we were at the top and we hit 16, but it is, it has been, been madness. And when we look at the playoff cut line, we've got Austin Sindrick, two points above the cut line. Reddick is tied two points above and Suarez is six points above. And that leaves, Kyle, or that leaves Harvick. Who else is below? Harvick, Briscoe, Briscoe Austin Dillon, Kyle Busch. It is Kyle. Okay, so yeah, so that's and Those Kyle Busch. And how are below far back line. is Kyle Busch? He is two points, two points below the cut line, I believe. So theoretically, there are. I mean, Harvick has to win to get in. He's he's too far down. I think the same thing with Briscoe. Bush and Dylan can point their way in if Cindric, Reddick, or Suarez wreck wreck out early. So there's call it six six ish drivers that are racing for four spots here. But again, there's been so much chaos already these last two these last two playoff races. If a playoff driver exits the race early, as you pointed out, Christopher Bell is the only one locked in. So if you're like a Joey Logano or a Bowman saying you're 30, 40 points to the good and you wreck early, there's a pretty strong likelihood that you're you're either going to sneak in by a couple points or you're going to miss the mix the next round because of how tight this these standings are. So it's just going to be a wild race. So Kyle Busch, who is below the cut line, just announced he's leaving a team. So does Joe Gibbs do what, what you were talking about with Tyler Reddick, where he is going to cut his 
information off and kind of say middle finger to you, I'm I'm out and you know you're leaving and you're done, dead to me? So this I would say yes, but with a caveat, if Bush advances to the next round of the playoffs, they're not going to just cut them off from all that stuff and say, good luck. You know, you're, you're in the top eight or you're the top 12. We don't care where you finish. There's a lot of money on the line for Joe Gibbs racing. These sponsors still want to get, you know, a, a return on their cash, but ownership points pays a lot of money to these teams at the end of the season. So now, if he were to go out and say for some reason he doesn't do well at Bristol, which he historically does do well, but if he doesn't and doesn't make the next round, then I think they probably just bring a car to the track. Yes, they're going to try to bring the best car possible, but it's going to be up to Kyle Busch to, to give really good feedback to the crew chief and, and make those changes throughout the race and, and see where the chips fall. But uh, th- this is a different, unique situation that we really haven't seen in the past because normally these these announcements are made a lot earlier in the season or they're made in the off season. So, so he, so as long as Joe Gibbs has a, a financial interest in, in this, they're going to still support him as much as they can. Yeah. That, that to me would make the most sense. Cause I mean, like I said, there are a lot or there is a lot of money on the line for these, for these yeah. owners in regards to where their numbers or cars finish at the end of the season. Makes sense to me. Looking at our picks, Kyle Busch, not a good day, finishing 26th, your pick. My pick, Denny Hamlin, second, second again. again. <laughs> so, so close, close, but no it's cigar, been, buddy. It's been, it's been hard. I, I Watching him try to chase down Bubba, and I knew he wasn't going to wreck him. I was like, there's no way. I'm going to finish second again. So, We'll see when we get to the picks here later if we can if we can nail one. I, I, I we've got to get at least one before the end of the year. I mean, this thing think, right? we can't keep we can't keep missing them. But uh, when you look at Jeff Gluck's poll at from Kansas, eighty seven point six percent of the voters said yes, it was a good race. So okay. overall, again, I think it was a pretty solid race. Was it the most entertaining? No. But it was still solid. It was still entertaining from an overall, you know, restart finish standpoint. And eighty six point six percent or eighty seven point six percent of the voters said it was a good race. Yeah, I think that's about where I would have thought it was come in. It's a playoff race, good finish, you know, a a, good, a new driver winner. So uh, makes sense to me. Let's look at fantasy team average for this week. Back to back to normal. Roughly, you know, back to about the average, 72 points this week, 71 for just the playoff drivers. So pretty similar uh, points there versus what we saw last week. High for the week, Rob Rolfus, 138 points and a low of 10 points from Jason, Jason Jacobson. And he ties for the lowest of the year with Mike Wenthold. Is that Uncle Mike? Uncle Mike. Is your boy? All right, so yep. Ty, they're they're set to split the uh, the twenty five dollars there, so twelve fifty each for them uh, for the low points. But uh, another another low low week this week. I can't uh, ten points. That is just so low. I mean, it it is amazing that we've had two people now or two teams get ten points. That is that is really crazy. 
I don't think we're going to see anything lower than that the rest of the year with how with how hard these guys are racing, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Let's look and turn our attention to the top 24, and we got a new leader. For the first time in, I think it's six weeks, Amy Weiss is not the leader. It is Tracy Norton, number one, moves up one spot from number two. He had 47 fantasy points, so well below the the average and well-deserved. So Tracy Norton, shout out to him for being the leader after two races into the playoffs. Amy Weiss falls to number two, down one spot, 62 fantasy points. Adam Studer, no change for him. He stays at number three with 51 points. Ryan Brash, number two, up three spots, 43 points. Kenick Rolfus up three spots to number five with 41 points. Ron Boyson is up four to, to number six, 54 points. Taylor Schleiss, love to see this, up four, 57 points. He sits at seventh. Bigger Sandwich up six spots in 40, with 47 points. And then rounding out the top ten, Don Brockman up six with 46 points. And even Bigger Sandwich down six or down six spots with 85 points. So a lot of new teams in the in the in the top 10 here. A lot of shakeups happening. Obviously we reset the points so the the differentials allow for a lot of movement as these teams uh, go through the playoffs. What are your thoughts on what we saw this weekend with the standings? Well I'm not surprised uh, that much, you know, when, when you have a race like Kansas, there's, there's usually not really high scores. So uh, there shouldn't be a lot of movement, but because there were a couple playoff drivers and a couple drivers that a lot of these teams have, uh, there was a decent amount of movement, but nothing too crazy uh, minus, you know, call it three teams out of the top 24. Yeah. We had nine teams that were above the, the average of 71, and they all lost spots. Some big movers, Reagan Rolfus up 11, Crazy Dale backed up to number 11, up seven spots. So good weeks for those teams. And then uh, Brian Brockman and Adam Studer falling uh, pretty significantly with over 100 points on their team. So look, one, two, three, four, five teams in the playoffs, over 100 points when the average is 71. Not going to be good, and it's going to be tough to to make that up. Yeah, no, it's not going to be good. So if you want to talk about the biggest followers of the week here, Brian Brockman went from P5 to P20. Adam Studer, number two, went from P6 to P17. And Robert Schaefer, number one, went from P13 to P21. That's really – all those, all those – uh, two of those teams – really fell out of you want to be in that top six that's the goal get to the top six obviously that we only eliminate six this round but the goal is to be the top six and two of those teams fell out with uh with some rough weeks yeah and you look at there you look at who who was on their team uh all three teams had kevin harvick so when he went out early with his wreck that's that's gonna hurt which was a Kyle shame Bush. he had a fast car too yeah he had a fast car he was he was there in the top 10, if I if I uh, remember correctly. Uh, he's usually pretty solid at Kansas, too. So 
really unfortunate for him to go out as early as he did. Kyle Busch had his issues, uh, you know, spinning out and then had some tire issues uh, because of that. Uh, and then you look at uh, Eric Jones struggled, didn't have that great a day, and Tyler Reddick had his issues as well. So you look at the risers this week. Uh, Regan Rolfus went from P23 to P12. Crazy Dale, number two, like you pointed out, jumped to P11. Bigger Sandwich. Boo, Bigger Sandwich. Went from P14 to P8. And Don Brockman went from P15 to P9. Larson, Elliott, Truex, Chastain, Busher, all of those guys had decent days and, of course, helped those teams rise in the standings for this week. Looking at the rookies, Taylor Slice, we mentioned up to P7, Patrick McMeekin, P17, Robert Schaefer, number one, into P21. His other team, Robert Schaefer, number two, is in P37. And then uh, shout out to David Banger in P25, who just barely uh, missed the playoffs, was in it for the last like seven weeks and, and choked it away. But shout out to David for, for a good week but uh, not in the playoffs. Couldn't have happened to a better guy, I'll tell you that. <laughs> the difference between 1st and 24th is now 80 points, so it's up from 69 for last week. And the teams that would be eliminated if the season were to end today would be Pat Beeson, Dennis Musich, Mike Colby, Robert Schaefer, number one, Don Brockman, or Brian Brockman, and Richard Rainey would be the uh, the elimination. So, anything, any other comments on on our fantasy standings here, Zach? No, I think I think this weekend's race is going to be pretty crazy. Uh, I think there's probably going to be some pretty big movement in the standings this weekend. So, buckle up, get your popcorn ready. It's going to be a wild race. Let's talk about that race. Let's talk about we've made it to Bristol Week. Let's talk about it. Here we go. This weekend's race, Saturday night. It's a nice night race. It's called the Bass Pro Shops Night Race at Bristol Motor Speedway. Bristol Motor Speedway is also known as the Last Great Coliseum. It is in Bristol, Tennessee, which is where we will be getting on a plane this Friday and heading there this weekend. So I cannot wait to see this track in person. It is on my bucket list. Uh, can't wait. Can't wait for this weekend to get here. But with that said, we are going to do the Zach's track facts of the night. I put together four quick facts. Really couldn't find anything crazy, but uh, the track track was built in 1960, and it is a half mile concrete oval. Has very high banking in the turns. Even the straightaways are banked. It was originally asphalt, but they had to repave it in 1992, which has then made this track even more exciting to watch. Uh, it gave the drivers grip and just made the racing from an overall standpoint fantastic. As I mentioned, the baking and concrete surface provide for some of the fastest speeds and close, closest race racing in all of NASCAR. That is track fact number two. So as you watch this race, there's going to be two lanes of racing, 
and I think a lap is about 15 seconds. It'll be 15 seconds, give or take. And if there's one driver that has a, a mistake or has an issue, it usually collects three, four, five, six cars because these guys just don't have enough time to slow down with how close these cars are and how fast they're going. And also, we, we have seen a lot of playoff drivers with pit road mistakes. So at a short track like this, that's going to cause there, there's no chance you stay on the the lead lap with a penalty for speeding or you know obstruction or anything like that. No, not at Bristol and, and Bristol. Uh, their front stretch and back stretch is where pit road is. Half the field pits on the front side, right. half the pit or half the field pit on the back side. So if you have any type of penalty, you got to go around the entire pit road at pit road speed, you will easily, if it's green flag racing, you will easily go two to four laps down because of that one mistake. So as you pointed out, you cannot have a mistake on pit road at Bristol uh, and expect to stay on the lead lap. That just will not happen. Zach's track fact number three, Bristol Motor Speedway is the loudest race slash track in all of NASCAR. They say it is extremely loud because of how high the stadium and, and the seating is built up. It, it's literally like a like a coliseum. It seats like 160,000 fans. And because of the shape of the seats and, and with how fast this track is and how small it is, it basically just creates a giant echo effect. So it is the Let's loudest go. track in NASCAR. And the last track fact of the evening bristol is known for its trophy that they give to the winner it is very iconic every driver wants at least one bristol trophy in their trophy case but what is very unique and cool about the bristol motor speedway is the winner also gets a gladiator sword this is a (laughs) real legit gladiator sword because it is known as the last great Colosseum, it kind of has like, you know, the ancient Greece, Athens, whatever you want to call it, type feel. So the winner gets a gladiator sword that he gets to basically fend off the rest of the drivers for the uh, the rest of the year. So um, that so every, those does are every your track have does every track have something that they give away like that? That's some do, some don't. I, uh-huh. I know there's there's a decent number of tracks that kind of just are give away plain Jane trophies, but then some tracks, you know, Martinsville's the grandfather clock. Uh, so it's not really a trophy, but you get a clock. Everyone wants those. You got the sword here uh, at uh, Bristol. You get guns if you win at Texas. So it's kind of just all over the board. Interesting. When looking at the active driver list for Bristol, the average highest finisher uh, is Eric Jones at 12.4. So Eric Jones, he's he's been pretty pretty consistent and fast this year. He's got the best average finish at 12.4. So keep him in mind uh, this weekend. My boy Kyle Busch is second with 13.0. Kevin Harvick is 13.2. And your boy Chase Elliott is fourth at a 13.3. And for all you listeners out there that for some reason – didn't watch the Bristol fall race last year or uh, recall Kevin Harvick and Chase Elliott did not 
finish the race very well last year, as in they were ready to basically kill each other. So uh, we'll <laughs> was, see. If there were some fireworks. Yeah, we'll see if any of that carries over to this race. But as we pointed out, Kevin Harvick needs to win to get in. So I think he's going to be ultra aggressive uh, trying to get his way to the front and stay there. So we'll see how that race plays out. But now to our favorite part of the of the podcast, it's yeah. the picks of the race. Josh, you're the lucky guy that gets to go first, buddy. Who you got? You know, I struggled with this one. There's a lot of drivers that need to win this race. There's a lot of drivers that need to finish well. I think there might be some drivers that kind of sit back a little bit and let some of the chaos ensue up front and just try to to kind of point their way in. I could see that happening. That's Hamlin. called the Austin Dillon method. <laughs> I still might do it. It might imagine, imagine this you're at Bristol and Austin Dillon wins the race to, to get to the next round. Would that be awesome? You could say you saw it it there person. It's it's not going to happen, man. It's not (laughs) going to happen. The whole, the whole field could crash and all that's left is that three car. (laughs) That's the only way he's winning. It's the only way he's winning if there's it nobody else a, on the track. It's a possibility, I'm just saying. So I got it narrowed down. Denny Hamlin's been my pick the last two weeks. He's come in second the last two weeks, right? I it's believe so. But we're going to Bristol. And I'm going to watch this race in person. And if I'm going to go watch this race in person, I have to choose my boy, Chase Elliott. I'm going to be rooting for him. <laughs> And it's going to make it even sweeter when he wins this race. So I'm, I'm pretty foolish, I'm sure. And, but I'm going to go with my heart and, and I'm going to choose my boy Chase Elliott so I can root him on when, uh, when I'm there. You, you can't fault. I can't fault you for that, man. I think it's a decent pick. Uh, he, in fact, I just pulled up the betting odds to see who, who is actually the favorite. And re- as of right now, he is, uh, third, okay, third favorite. Your boy Denny Hamlin is first. So, god damn it, two good drivers <laughs> there, but he, he's up there for sure. What what makes this really hard for me is that the spring race doesn't translate over at yeah. all because they put dirt on it. They they ruin the racetrack with dirt and say go have fun playing the dirt, and, and now it's on the concrete. So, unfortunately, there's just not a lot to go off of, especially with this new car. With that being said, I am going to, for the reasons, the same reasons you just used, (laughs) I am going to go with Kyle Busch. I figured. (laughs) I, like you said, if you're going to go there, you're going to be at the race live. You want to root for one of your favorite drivers, if not your favorite drivers. He's my second favorite driver. Truex is is my favorite, but he, he just hasn't had the luck on his side. Neither has Kyle Busch, but Kyle Busch has better stats at Bristol than Truex did, so that is why I chose Kyle Busch over Martin Truex Jr. Yeah, I think that's good. And so uh, it, I think maybe we could do, a, at some point, a duel because – I really couldn't pick between Hamlin and, and Elliott. It was a tough decision. So I would love to have both of those drivers. So if we get to, 
we get too far down this path and we don't have a winner, we might have to start picking two and uh, just so we can make sure that somebody gets by that we can't go the whole season without having a punishment of some sort. So you really you really want a pie to the face. That's what I'm that's what I'm hearing. I mean, Hamlin's been right there. He's not gonna come in second every time. So one of these times he's gonna find his way through. So if he win if he wins in the in the playoffs, we'll see. <laughs> Any final thoughts? I mean, we're gonna go to we're going to uh Bristol this weekend and we'll obviously have we're we're planning on recording when we can, kind of providing some kind of content. Twitter will be uh, on fire, I'm sure T- Norton will be tweeting up a storm where we're at, what we're doing, getting ready for the race and all that stuff. So make sure you're following that so that you can live vicariously through us. And I know I'm super excited. We got a couple more days and we're on our way. Zach, looking forward to it. Any final thoughts? No, like you pointed out, just uh, pay attention to the tw- Twitter handle, Facebook. We're going to try to take as many videos and pictures and and just kind of document our trip here. So just pay attention to all the social media for the Atop the Pit Box podcast. I can't believe this day or this weekend is here. (laughs) We've been talking about this for almost a year. It's finally here. We're going to go see Bristol at night, the Coliseum, the chaos. It's a cutoff race for the playoffs. Let's go. We can't, we can't build this up anymore, and I hope to <laughs> God it is not a dud like the others that we've talked up to this point. I, I have a really good feeling. I have a really good feeling about this. There's so many things that make this an exciting race, and I just can't think of, of any way that this is going to be ruined. So other than Austin Dillon possibly winning, that might that might well, do if, it. But. If, if Chase Elliott gets wrecked first lap and he's out the oh. rest of the race, is that going to put a little damper on your on your fun? <laughs> It would. I let's not have that happen. Let's not have that happen. So, all right, all right man. man. Well, have a good night. We'll see you in a couple of days. Sounds good. Same to you. And as always, the Atop the Pit Box podcast is supported by ParadiseExecutiveProperties.com. With winter coming up, now is a great time to book a trip to Lake of the Ozarks, and Paradise Executive Properties has you covered. They have several modern and fully furnished homes for up to 19 people. So bring your friends and your family down to create a memory that will last a lifetime. For more information or to book your reservation, visit ParadiseExecutiveProperties.com. It's no days off. Take no breaks. You in my lane. You in my way. You cross that line. It ain't your day. I lost my mind. I need my spot. I got my way.